Welcome to Cornerstone, a podcast by Rebuild Fellowship. On today's episode, Pastor Chuck will conclude his message, which is titled, Love Will Keep Us Together. This long message has been a part of our Bear Fruit series, which we're working through this year. The text for this message is just two short verses, Romans 12, 9, and 10. So if you have your Bibles, please turn to Romans right now, and we'll join in with Pastor Chuck. Here's the next thing I want to show you. It honors his salvation. It honors and glorifies God, number one. It honors his salvation. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. It honors his salvation. The Apostle Paul would let us know in 1 Corinthians 6, he said, Oh, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price, so glorify God in your body. As he was addressing all of the ills that were taking place at the church at Corinth, this is one of the ways he was pointing them to understand why it's important, because you have been given a new nature, you have the Lord's Spirit inside of you, and your temple is the Spirit to the living God. You can't be sexually immoral. That's not why the Lord redeemed you. Jesus, watch this. Jesus said it was necessary that I go so I can send you the helper. He said in John chapter 14, not only will my spirit be on you, but he will dwell in you. And so I'm going to be honest with you, family. We are without excuse. To live a sanctified, to be holy and acceptable unto God, which is our true and proper worship, we are without excuse because not that only Jesus did everything necessary to save us, he also did everything necessary to sanctify us. He who began a good work, he's the author and perfecter of our faith and everything in the middle. And that's why we can have the victory in Christ Jesus. Yes. Now, before you start throwing your, uh, 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 your, 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 your spiritual stones at me, I'm not telling you life is easy. Because immediately what will end up happening is there'll be a number of folks that be like, well, I ain't no perfect Christian. I got bubbles. I... Hush. <laughs> Which one is? Show me one that is. Show me one that is. The Bible says we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We are all sinners saved by grace. But in other words, when we come together, we do this. We encourage each other to love and good works. And it helps me to keep a renewed mind to say, for Christ I live, for Christ I die. It keeps me with a renewed mind to grab a hold of scripture that says to live is Christ and to die is gain. It keeps me with a renewed mind to say the Lord is my light and my salvation. Of whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? It keeps me with a renewed mind to say, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Because I know that man can't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Here's the third thing that it gives us. It honors his spirit. It honors and glorifies God. It honors his salvation. It honors his spirit. I just talked about this. Uh, uh, Acts 1 and 8, he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses. 
in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. In other words, the Lord has given you power to be able to do this, to be able to reflect his goodness and his glory here in the earth. He gives you the power to be able to, John chapter 14, he says, and I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may what? Abide with you, not just sometimes, forever. And it is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him, knows him. It ain't like the world. So we need to stop looking for peace. Stop looking for joy. Stop looking for hope. Stop looking for life. Stop looking for light in the world. Because in view of God's mercy, we're supposed to be transformed by the renewing of the mind and not conform to the ways of the world and its standards. We have a much more um, substantive standard. A much more real and credible standard than the one the world will offer you. Here's the next thing I want to show you. It honors his statutes. It honors and glorifies God. It honors his salvation. It honors his spirit. His spirit, excuse me. And it honors his statutes. John 13, 34 through 35. A new commandment. This is where I get we are love people, loving people. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You are also to love one another. By this, people will know that you are my disciples if you have loved one another. It's a commandment that he has given us. In other words, as Jesus, not just being savior of your life, but Lord of your life, it is commanded of us to do so. And it's not hard to do when you have accepted his spirit in you and you allow his spirit to regenerate you, to change your emotions and your desires and your affections. So a commandment is not seen as a burden, it's seen as a blessing. His commandment is no longer seen as punitive, it is seen as protective. And most often, right, it's because if we're seeing God's commandment as a burden, it's because he's not Lord of your life in that area. I don't people, it's too hard, it's too hard, it's too hard. Well, that's because you're doing it in your own strength. You want to operate in the flesh. And all of us, at some point, we get there. So I'm not telling you, see, here's what I want to take. I want to take off this, this weight of people thinking that you got to be perfect all the time, every day, all day. I've told y'all, I put my stuff on display. I, every time I stand up here, I feel like I'd be a fool for y'all. I put my stuff on display. I don't get it right all the time. I told y'all, I have days where I'm lusting. Loving as the clothes. Y'all know I got a sneaker demon. And I got a beautiful chocolate sunshine, but I'm still human. And it's summertime, mother. Can we have a real conversation in the church? Because that's what you do. We, we, we will let love be with hypocrisy if we don't be honest about this in the church. So you'll be one way here and act like you got it all together. And then you get out there and then people see you be like, oh, I thought they was a Christian. I deal with lust at times. I struggle with pride. 
a lot of times. So I'm not telling you this life is easy. Neither did Jesus. He said, in this life, you'll have trials and tribulations. In this life. But do not lose heart. I've overcome the world. So why do I tell you this, my brothers and sisters? Because the Holy Spirit is God and he is our helper. And he comes to sanctify you, to set you apart from the ways of the world and to the ways of his holy word. He's able. But you have to declare that he is so you can walk in that truth. Jesus, listen, this was so important. This last thing I'm close with on this part. The closing part. Jesus prayed this in John chapter 17. If you get a chance, please read it. He says, Father, watch this. He said, Lord, Father, sanctify them in your truth. Your word is truth. Set them apart. Consecrate them for you over here. And do it in your truth. Because when they get back into here, into the world, they'll be able to stand and be light. The light of the world and the salt of the earth. Does that make sense? Here's the last thing it honors. It honors your identity as a son or daughter. It honors our sonship. Romans 8, so then, verse 12, so then, brothers, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, again, you just heard me say, it's by the spirit. You will live. For all who are led by the spirit of God are sons of God. For if you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father, the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God and if children then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. In other words, when we enact by the spirit of God, these exhortations that the Apostle Paul has given, which it is bearing fruit that not only is Jesus Savior of our lives, he's Lord of our lives. It honors the sonship that he has gifted to us. So here they are again. It honors and glorifies God. It honors his salvation. This greater salvation that he's given to us. It honors his spirit. It honors his statutes. And it honors our sonship. So how do we accomplish this? How do we accomplish this? Just like I told you last week, the same way we accomplish it is the same way that it was told by the prophet, by the Lord to Zerubbabel. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit. You heard me ask the question. It's not a question, do you, hold, have, do you have the Holy Spirit, but does the Holy Spirit have you? Are you surrendered and submitted to him as Lord? So here's, here's the thing. Just like I gave you five takeaways to do this, I'm going to give you five quick things to show how we can accomplish it. One thing I want you to do is just remember his purpose. God's mission is still to seek and save the lost. It's not about us. We should be kingdom seekers. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness. All other things be added unto us. He has to be primary. The second thing is remember the Lord's power. 
You got power. Anybody believe there's still power in the name of Jesus? Anybody believe there's still power and authority in this holy word? He said, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit. Has to be done in and through me, because Jesus said in John chapter 15, apart from me, you can do no thing. Here's your third thing. Release your preferences. Remember his purpose. Remember his power. Release your preferences. Listen to what the Apostle Paul communicated through the ch to the church at Philippi. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus. You have to release your preferences. You have to check your preferences at the throne of grace. I learned this through my former church as we were moving and engaging in the multi-ethnic mission. And there were some things that I would have loved to see play out. Some very real, deep and consistent conversations we were having about making change in this way. And I got frustrated, y'all. I got frustrated to a high degree. I can't say the words in here, but you know, they start with the letter P and end with the letter O, the two words, and I was hot. And the Lord spoke. You see, it's hitting people now. It's hitting people. Hitting people now. So the Lord spoke and he said, son, don't let your preferences trump my purpose. What did the Lord tell me in that moment? It ain't about you. It's the kingdom of Jesus, not the kingdom of Mises. And family, I think the reason why we haven't seen true power take place in the church, because we're too busy being focused on self. What's best for me? And we missed the whole point of the gospel. The gospel doesn't say anything that it's about me. For God so loved the world. That's the main idea. That's the core truth. For God so loved the world that he decided to save me and you when we should have been unsavable, when we should have been unredeemable. But he decided out of the abundance of love that he had for us and rich in mercy, he decided to redeem us. And so that should say, you are Lord, not me. Release your preferences. And so a part of that, here's a sub-point of release your preferences. That may mean you need to release your past. He says, but one thing I do, moving on chapter, I forget what lies behind, and I strain forward to what lies ahead. I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way. Again, we are growing and not just being a body of believers, but we're maturing into becoming an army of trusters. The last thing I want you to do is remember his promise. Psalm 133, how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. He gives this picture of the, of the dew on Mount Hermon and, and the oil that's running from Aaron's beard. 
And he said, for there the Lord commanded the blessing, life forevermore. There's a blessing attached, family, when we do it the way the Lord says for it to be done. When we're living by his spirit, when we're loving one another with brotherly affection and outdoing one another and showing honor, it says that the environment that we'll live in, that we'll thrive in, is an environment of unity and it's good and pleasant. And in that place, the Lord commands the blessing, life forevermore. And that's where we'll stop and pause for today. Thank you for taking your time with us today. If you'd like to learn more about our church or have us pray for you in any way, you can find us at www.rebuildchurch.com. That is www.rebuildchurch.com. Our church meets in Durham, North Carolina, and if you're looking for a church to attend, we'd love to have you join us. We meet weekly at 10 a.m. on Sunday, and you can find more details about what to expect and where we are on our website. You can also find our full services on our YouTube channel. Please join us for our next episode as Pastor Chuck delivers the next message in our Bear Fruit series. Thank you.